Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Fans wanting to enjoy the win and and also getting caught up with, hey, the, the turnovers and maybe the performance that beat the Grizzlies won't necessarily be good enough to win an NBA championship. What if I asked you this question? Because it, it I, I was having this thought last night a little bit and this morning preparing for the show. Would you say that the Warriors, with the win last night, have clinched a successful season? Because I think you could make a case that that is, that is 100% true to this point. I would agree with you. I think going into the season, nobody knew what Clay was going to be once he returned. Everybody, you know, obviously assumed Steph would be Steph and Draymond would be Draymond, but you didn't know about Clay. You saw some flashes from Jordan Poole, but I don't think anybody expected this. And that's why, you know, most places had the Warriors finishing, you know, anywhere from fourth to sixth in the Western Conference, you know, in general. So for them to you know, get as far as they have so far. I thought that when we talk about what was a successful season, I always felt that you had to get past the second round. I thought you had to get past the second round, regardless of who it was, specifically when Bob Myers and, you know, front office decides we are not going to make a move for anybody and James Wiseman ends up not being able to play. I said, look, now you've put yourself in a position where you have to answer these questions if you don't go this far that far in in the playoffs but getting to this conference finals if you lose to the Suns if you lose to Luka who is turning out to be a superstar at this point it's nothing to hang your your head on and you got a really good shot right I mean if you get Luka at least you're at home and if you get the Suns they've played the Suns really well throughout the season and now even if you get to the finals and we can talk about I know we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference part of this later even if you don't bring home that ring, the fact that you made it this far with so many unknowns, JD, we said, you know, the Warriors had so many ifs, right? If Clay comes back, if Jordan Poole takes that step, if Steph is continuing to be Steph, and a lot of those hit in a big way. So I think that getting to the conference finals, you can sit there and it's not going to make anything feel better if the Warriors don't get out of it, but you could sit there and say, yeah. 
I can't call this an unsuccessful season because going into it, you didn't know what you were going to what you were going to get. Looking back at Clay Thompson and what he's had to go through and game six Clay, and it hasn't looked pretty at times for him to show up the way he showed up last night and not blink an eye. He rode his bike to the arena, JD. He's rode his bike to Chase Center and he, to show up like that. It just shows who he is, and I know he went home and just hung out with Rocco after that, and you just got to be happy about the whole thing. All right, let's get back to the phones. Robin in San Francisco here on 95.7 The Game. Robin, how are you? Appreciate you calling this morning. One second. Hi, um, you guys. Um, I got to make this real quick. Um, I'm just calling because, uh, J.D., I think, that suit that Andre Iguodala was wearing might have been a symbolic message uh, that their series was going to end. That's the only explanation I have, J.D., for that damn suit last night, okay? Alan, in terms of the turnovers, I was at the game. Yes, I think that, from what I could tell, that the offense doesn't seem to be connected. And in terms of making passes where uh, they thought, like, players were going to cut and they weren't there in those spots, throwing the ball way ahead, you know, just being a little over anxious and slowing down is just one aspect of it. But here's what I really don't like coming from you, Al, Al, every time I listen to you talk, and many fans, okay? We expect things out of players that they have never shown us for existence. For example, expecting um, uh, Draymond to score. That's ridiculous. I mean, he did last night. Expecting all the weight on Jordan Poole, who's only been there three years. You know, that's ridiculous. She just came from the G League. So there's many things that we expect and um, that I just think are unrealistic. That's all I have to say, you guys. Peace out. Bye. Thank you, Robin. Go ahead, Alan. I'll let you respond. No, well, the, the you show were addressed by name. Right. No, the show doesn't start until I have uh, upset Robin. That's what I typically say. Uh, the Warriors basketball game doesn't start until Kevon Looney has an uh, illegal screen, and the show doesn't start until Robin calls in and says that I've said something that she doesn't agree with. And and look, I, I'll say this. <laughs> Everything changes, right? Expectations change when performances change. We didn't expect this from Jordan Poole until we saw it from Jordan Poole consistently. So when you see something and then it gets taken away, your expectations continue to fluctuate. So that's what I would say on the Jordan Poole side of it. And I would say this as far as Draymond is concerned. I said it, I think, in the first segment, J.D., he averaged double digits in every Warriors playoff run. So I do expect Draymond – I'll put it to you like this. If I don't expect Draymond to average double digits, then I'm going to sit there and not expect the Warriors to win because it's all connected. All of these runs, Draymond has averaged 13, 13, 10, 13. And this is with Kevin Durant. I know the idea of when, Dray, when Kevin Durant came, Draymond just stopped being an offensive player. That's not necessarily true. Draymond was – I don't care who you are. I don't care how many podcasts you have. I don't care how many jobs you have. You cannot be a primary ball handler in the playoffs and average 7.2 points a game. And that's what Draymond was averaging before last night. That it's just unacceptable. And he he righted the ship last night, you know, going in scoring 14 points. And again, we're it's not you don't have to shoot the threes. You just have to show that you will go to the rack and you will make an attempt to shoot the basketball and everything opens up, JD. So thank you to Robin. Like I said, I'm just giving you a hard time. The same way you give to me. Draymond has to be somewhat of offensive threat if he's gonna have the ball in his hands that much. That's the bottom line. I don't think it's unrealistic to expect around 8 to 10 points a game. 
I, I, I really don't. And especially in the non-Durant time period, which, which we now live. I mean, to me, it's almost – there are a lot of big men in the league that are not premier big men for, for teams that are able to, whether it's around the basket or in transition or whatever, can average 8 to 10 points a game without having a play run for them. And, and I feel like Draymond can fit his way. He can use his IQ to get in that 8 to 10 point a game range, whether it's transition, whether it's, it's throwing a fake on somebody that's, you know, to keep the defense honest because the rest of those guys are making shots and getting to the basket – maybe knocking down one three a game, even if it's a one for three, you know, kind of a game. Mm-hmm. I, I like the caller earlier that said put put the three. If it's a wide open three, you do have to take a couple of them. I wouldn't get carried away with it. If he's if he's 0 for 2 or 0 for, you know, 0 for 3 is probably the limit on a given night, but you do have to take them to keep the, the flow of the game up. So, yeah, that I, I, I agree with you on that one a little bit, uh, more than a little bit, frankly. I, I think asking him to push the 10-point mark – is is fair, uh, especially in in the playoffs. Vince in San Jose on ninety five seven. The game. Hey Vince. Hey fellas, can you hear me? Hey, loud and clear, guys. Hey, what a wild ride last night! That was such a phenomenal game. Um, you know the turnovers were definitely an issue. Draymond, very quick, very quick twitch with his passing. Um, making very careless passes before the play is read. One thing that did stand out to me last night, Devon Looney was absolutely phenomenal. And I've called in uh, with Steiny and Guru, and I've joked around with Looney before. I've been critical of his play. And for him to play last night, relentless offensive rebounding, relentless defensive pressure, um, as a Warriors fan since I was just a wee lad, it, it almost made me tear up watching that team last night because you have all the skeptics, you have all the people, the riders. But at the end of the day, gosh darn it, it's Warriors basketball. And it's bigger than basketball. And in the Bay Area, we, we kind of sense that, you know, we need this team to make this run this year for all that's happened. For, you know, it, it can help. It can really help the Bay unite. It's it's bigger than basketball. Thanks, fellas. All right, thanks, Vince. Appreciate it. From Vince, let's go to Rich and San Mateo here on 95.7 The Game. We'll keep it rolling with Rich on Warriors this week. Hey, Rich. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Listen, I just want to say something about the announcers. Uh, uh, you know, Fitz and that's on, on our channel, the regular channel all the time. They're great, but Richard Jefferson, I don't know what he doesn't like about the Warriors, but he was just talking trash all night. Need to get him out. Thank you. Well, the good news is, <laughs> the good news is TNT has the Western Conference Finals this year. Yeah. Uh, although you would be getting Mike Breen and and Mark Jackson and, and Jeff Van Gundy uh, on the Eastern, uh, you know, if, if ESPN and ABC had the the Western Conference Finals this year. So down to down to two crews. But, yeah, TNT's got the West Finals this year. It, it was a little bit of a, oh, when you look at the schedule and you see, oh, that Friday game's going to be on ESPN because ESPN typically has the Thursday and Friday games once it gets to this point of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, not as much depth on the ESPN crew in terms of the broadcast compared to 
what TNT has available to them. Well, I think that, you know, again, you talk to 10 people, you might get 10 different You will get 10 different responses on how they felt. But let's not forget Richard Jefferson. I mean, he was on that 2016 Cavs team, right? He, that, he got his championship that way. So I don't know if he's slightly trolling. I know earlier in the season, you know, he, he talked about how if Draymond, I think he tweeted if Draymond didn't get uh, suspended that the Warriors probably would have won. So he's a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a, a troll in that way. And that's why, you know, ESPN pays him the big bucks. But yeah, you talk to 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. I think that, look, when the Warriors are winning, it, it makes everybody, it makes everybody feel better because even if you're hating on them, you got to respect them. 888-957-9570. couple of questions on the board. Have the Warriors clinched a successful season? as uh, they are halfway now to a championship, winning last night over the Grizzlies, four games to two, 110 to 96. Uh, just laying out the schedule uh, for everybody. Game seven tomorrow, Dallas and Phoenix going to play at 5 o'clock. The Celtics win last night over the Bucks to force a game seven, put that game in the 12.30 p.m. Pacific time slot for tomorrow. So a couple of game sevens tomorrow. That should be fun. And the Phoenix-Dallas game got kicked to 5 o'clock on TNT. So we'll find out around 7.30, uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow night, who the Warriors are going to be playing. And, and obviously if it's Phoenix, the Warriors will be in Phoenix for the first two games of that series, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, and if it's Dallas, the Warriors will host the first two games of that series, Wednesday and Friday at Chase Center with the, the road games coming up Sunday and Tuesday after that. Every other day, the whole way for the Western Conference Finals beginning on Wednesday. And, of course, we'll have it uh, for you here on, on, on 95.7 The Game. Well, and I think that is something to have a discussion about too, J.D., because the Warriors, you know, they, they are not a young team, to put it nicely. And these every other days, how how is that going to affect them? We did see after they had a couple days off between what was it, uh, the, the game two and game three, how ready they were when they came back to Chase Center and how they did not look the same in game four. So, you know, you got you got Steph and, and Draymond, who are obviously a bit older. And then you have Clay, who is not young either. And he's coming off those injuries. How does that affect them as well? The 510 is chiming in on the text line, 888-957-9570. It's absolutely been a successful season considering all the injuries. There is no shame in getting beat, but you want them to go out guns blazing. It will only end up being disappointing if they beat themselves. And I would say to that 510, when you have a turnover-prone team like the Warriors, it's hard to figure out if they do end up losing and if they do continue with these turnovers, whether they did get beat or whether they did you know, beat themselves because ultimately that is who they are. They are they are not going to get rid of these turnovers. You just can't turn the ball over at this clip. So it'll it's a, it's a very interesting situation when you look at what is the Warriors beating themselves and what is the defense fo- forcing said turnovers. Yeah, and I think a lot of this series, even some of the ones that that look unforced were still forced, if, if, if that makes sense, based on, on the style of play. Because it's not just the defense, it's the, it's the frenetic up-and-down style of play. I think the Warriors have never run from wanting to play an extremely fast pace, and the Grizzlies want to play an extremely fast pace. But I think you could make the case, it, this is 
one of the first series during the the run going back to 14-15 where you could make the case that the opposition is better equipped to play faster than the Warriors. And and I know the Warriors wound up winning it in the end, but so much of the chatter from the Warriors side of things in between games was playing calmer and 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 being a little bit more patient and slowing down frankly I mean that's that's something that they never want to say because they want to be such an up-tempo ball movement player movement type of a team and defense igniting offense and the like but but I think this is really the first time where you could say the Warriors maybe slowing it down a little bit as the older team and, and dare I say even playing a little bit more half court really would benefit them in this series now they offset it with all the second chance points and the rebounding advantage in the games that they were able to win no, definitely, J.D. I, I would say what my dad always would say to me in CYO, shout out St. Francis, got my, my only championship seventh grade. I was reading an old paper clip. My mom was giving me a bunch of stuff. But they looked frantic, right? My dad would say, dude, you look a bit too frantic. You need to slow down. And that's how the Warriors looked, a bit frantic in situations where they didn't need to, right? And, and I'm interested. It's a make-or-miss league, and they're a jump-shooting team. There were times where when you get the offensive rebound, you don't have to shoot it immediately, right? Like, do the Warriors know they can't reset the offense? I know it's only 14 seconds or whatever the case may be, but you can't reset the offense. And every a lot of those offensive rebounds, that stretch with Looney, he got so many right there because they could not hit a shot and they just kept on chucking them up. And the same, you know, they did it a couple times. And I know that's who they are, but it's got to I know it's frustrating to Dub Nation to watch it because you're sitting there thinking you can reset it you know that right 707 chiming in going out in six to seven against phoenix is not bad but losing to dallas would be in my opinion and i i would agree you know earlier in the season jd we talked about the the mavericks being the grizzlies light in a way where i didn't think they were a great matchup for the warriors either and obviously the grizzlies have john morant and the mavericks have luca when it turns into that luca show he is, you know, he is the guy that runs through the everything runs through him. So the Warriors are going to do what they always do. If it is the Mavericks, they're going to let Luka do his thing. But you can't let Dinwiddie and Bullock go in and, and do their thing, too. So I think that the Warriors defensively are probably better equipped for the Mavericks because it would be a version of what they, you know, did throughout this whole playoff run, what they've done, what they did against the Nuggets, what they did against the the Grizzlies when John Morant was in. I think that Phoenix, because they do have multiple pieces and they do have, you know, they're more of that well-oiled machine, that would be the tougher matchup for the Warriors. And that's why they're the one seed, as obvious as, as it may sound. All right, let's uh, rapid fire through some calls here. Timothy next on 95.7 The Game Warriors this week. Hey, Timothy. Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Good, good. man. How you doing? Good, good. Hey, I just want to talk about uh, yesterday. I, I, was, I was listening to the show yesterday, a different show. I guess it was the guru, guru and somebody else. And the other guy was just, like, panicking. He sounded kind of like Jerry, Jerry Krause. Like, he just wanted to blow up the whole team if they didn't, like, be successful this year. But I think one thing that uh, fans and media forget that, you know, Clay came off a two-year uh, absence, and he still put up 30 points last night. Uh, they, we didn't have Coach Kerr for about a couple of games. There's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of different turmoil with, with this Warriors team, and people are expecting us to be like the same Warriors from 2015. And we're not. We're older. There's a lot of more uh, history that went on this year, but 
think we're going to get it done this year still. Thank, thanks for the call. I'm going to stick up for my guy Steiny. I think the point that he was making, and I happened to be listening yesterday, 12 to 3, Steiny and Guru here at 95.7 The Game. Make sure you mm-hmm. listen. I happened to hear Steiny, and I think the point that he was making, Alan, was if the Warriors don't win the title, they won't just run it back with the same squad and, and think that that squad would have enough to get over the hump. You would need to add something you know, whether it's bench players, not necessarily a star, but you'd have to do something if you don't win the title to push yourself forward rather than expect that this same group a year older can carry it a round or two rounds farther wherever it wound up. Exactly. I mean, well, it's it's this simple. If you don't mind or it doesn't necessarily bug you that the Warriors didn't win the whole thing or didn't even get to the championship, that's because your expectations were not for them to do so. And your expectations were not for them to do so because you knew they did not have the personnel to do so. So if they do not win the championship, obviously they need to go out and and move some things around and figure out where they are missing something. I know the easy answer, big man, big man. They, they would need to look at this whole thing and say, okay, where are we missing this? Where are we missing that? Who can we keep? What can we do with the numbers? We're not going to get into the cap on this show. I know that much. So what are they going to be able to do moving forward if they are not able to win a championship? But if there's a parade and we are out here at Thrive City, Chase Center, doing what we got to do, then no questions need to be asked, J.D. Then you just rent it back because why not? My man. Yeah, if you if you win, you run it back. That like there's nobody would quibble with that, and you allow the young players to maybe become uh, incrementally more of a, a part of it. Whether it's Jonathan Kaminga or, or Moses Moody and the like, you know, full off season for them. They come back, they can maybe help a, a little bit more. Jay, next year on ninety five seven, the game. Hey, Jay. Hey, good morning, y'all. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, great Warriors win, a team effort with Looney and. Clay, Steph, Wiggins, everybody contributing in the way that they did. Of course, we all know about the turnovers. If we can do that, I remember, I think Damian Lee was bringing up the ball, and he's looking. He didn't even bring it across the court. Um, Nobody in front of him, but he's looking to his left to pass it to Steph, and the defense reads that. So it's like a lot of careless things, nothing that we don't already know. But I have two quick questions um, that tie them together in regards to rules. One, do you think that hopefully the league – if you have it, because we caught, had uh, called that, um, we used our challenge way early where Bain still made the two free throws. It was either he was going to make them or, or not at some point. Do you think that if you have a successful challenge, they may allow you to keep that until, you know, at least another one? And then secondly, I always wondered, when they call a double tech, I always felt that they should have the two people who they call the tech on to, you know, to shoot a free throw. Each team should still shoot that free throw as if it was just one person because, you know, with us having Steph and, and Poole, you know, the other team may not have, you know, it could come <laughs> down to a one-point game and that thing can make a difference. Well, I thank you all for taking my call. Jay, I agree with you on the challenge rule. I think for the, the pace of play, uh, and you don't want people shooting technical free throws every time there's a double tech at opposite ends of the floor. Just cancel it out, play on. I'm okay with that one. I agree, though, with the challenge rule. Uh, if you get it right, you get another one. I'm I'm cool with that. I'd actually be cool with even allowing for more reviews in the final minute or two of a game. I know they out they they got rid of that because there were so many stoppages on on simple out of bounds plays, and nothing crazy has happened to make make people you know want to change it back to this point. But I do think that's something that could be could be problematic. But the league wants 
teams to basically not challenge anything until that final two minutes if there is an out-of-bounds play that maybe could potentially flip a game. Yeah, I really don't understand why you only get one. Even if you even if you get it right, you just get to keep your timeout. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, that could be something, again, the NBA is not Major League Baseball, right? They, they understand, they're, they're closer to the NFL as far as they understand how things have to be dynamic and continue to change and 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 you know and be different in certain ways. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do change that rule. But right now, it doesn't make any sense. I get the pace of play situation, but if you get it right, you shouldn't lose it. I, to your point, JD, they are just basically saying we don't want you to use it until you absolutely have to. And if you're Mike Brown and you decide to use it in the first half, good luck to you. And the Warriors won, so we don't ask questions. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 888-957-9570. Let's go ahead and keep it rolling with, with Scott. Uh, next here on, on 95.7 The Game. We'll kick this break up to the, the 1040 because we got people that want to want to talk with us. Nick Friedell at 11, but Scott right now, right here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, guys. Uh, number one, that, that challenge that early in the game was dumb. I, I don't know what he was thinking there. Obviously, he wasn't. But I, I will say this about this, the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they, they got to get rid of this brook. He's a low IQ basketball player. He's a hothead. Uh, I don't think he fits well. I don't understand why they didn't go to Jackson Jr. in the low block. And that, there, there was no stopping him when he gets the ball down there. He either gets fouled or he, and somehow he gets the ball to go to the hoop. I didn't understand that. But uh, I think the main thing that I take away I get from watching the, this playoff so far, and, and they played about. 20 quality minutes in four quarters, luckily, to, to beat these guys in six games. But Steph Curry has to play better, period. Mm. I, I don't, you know, the turnovers have always been an issue with this team, and we've lived with them because it's just their offense, just that's what happens sometimes. But these are different. I, I don't know what Steph, Steph has been in a fog in these, with these, these one-hand cross-court passes. He got picked off about 80% of the time. I had no idea what he's doing. I mean, he, he, obviously the talent he has is, is so enormous that it overcomes everything. At crunch time, he played great. But something is not right. I don't know what it is. Is it age? I don't know what it is. But he doesn't come to play right at, at the beginning of these games. 
and just the recklessness with the turnovers has reached such a. I really think Kerr not being there it was a big deal. I really see it now. You know, I really do because I don't think he would put up with this. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And this Memphis, back to Memphis, real one more real quick thing. I mean, they didn't play that well against uh, Minnesota, and I like Minnesota going forward if they can get their act together uh, better than I do this Memphis team because I don't, I don't, I don't like the, uh, the makeup of these guys. I don't think they're going to be winners at the end of the day. So anyway, all right. Appreciate the call. A lot to chew on there. As far as Steph goes, look, you're only going to go as far as your as your star players and your superstar players take you. And and look. Steph is still the Warriors' best player and the system and and the straw that stirs the drink. And, look, I think I think Warrior fans are not used to seeing him struggle. Is it age? Is it is it the focus of the defense? Whatever. You're just going to have to balance it if you're the Warriors. And I think Steph has to balance when he tries to take over. I mean, last night he just missed shots. I mean, the turnovers are one thing. That needs to be correctable. Some of the carelessness, again, we've talked a lot about it. I think the Grizzlies, Allen, get get some credit for, for the defense. But a lot of it last night was, except for a couple in the fourth quarter and a couple in the first quarter, he just he was missing open looks. He was forcing a couple. And, and you know, when those shots aren't going in, it's, it's a different ballgame. And I think we've grown so accustomed to seeing him make bad shots. You know, and the Warriors, and I say that half kiddingly, the Warriors overall in the heyday, they would beat teams because they would make a lot of shots that other teams wouldn't even attempt. And now those shots aren't going in at the level that they were. It doesn't mean that, you know, it, it just, I'm trying to think of the right words. You know, at some point that was going to change. And, and look, you right. still look at Steph Curry and it's, you know, 29 points and 10 of 27 and, you know, he still was a, a positive player for the Warriors last night, but you're only going to go as far as your stars take you, and if the Warriors do wind up losing in the next round or losing in the finals, part of that conversation is going to be, hey, Steph didn't play as well, or Clay didn't play as well, or Draymond didn't play as well. That That's just that's just how it works. That, that's just how it works, and I don't know if today is the day to do the is Steph declining conversation. I don't really want to do that today on a day where he... I mean, it's clear that he is. It, it, I mean, it, let's, it is. Let's just be honest. And that's okay. And, and I'm with you. We don't need to do it today. But it's... I mean, it, like, yes, he is. Like, and... But that's... He's also 34. Right. And, well, and, yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing, too, right? And again, I, I don't even... Now, because we're in this... Now we've gone down this path, so now I don't have a choice but to say the L word. The whole reason that we hold people to these standards, we hold players to these standards is because, I got to say it, J.D., it's what everybody has, the age situation has changed because of LeBron James. Now people forget that people, that that players age. Now, because of LeBron James, now people forget that, you know, you do eventually decline because LeBron just hasn't really done so. And I hate to say the L word on a day where it's about the Warriors, but if we're having the Steph declining conversation, which I also don't want to have, it, that's just what it is, and it's okay. I think that Steph is going to have to pick his spots, and that's why I'm sitting here saying, Jordan Poole, you got to get your act together because it's all together, right? It's okay that Steph is starting to decline. It's okay that Klay Thompson is still coming back, but you need to have that next iteration of the Warriors. And Jordan Poole, I'm looking at you, and again, we got out of this, got out of this series it was it was a bit of a tough series for you. Now let's start fresh. But I, I, I it's not that we don't agree 
with the collar because I do. And Steph, three turnovers, and they were simply awful. I don't know about you, J.D., but this whole, not just Steph, but this whole let's drive to the lane, get extremely deep in the lane, and then chuck it back out to the perimeter, those those passes are not going to even get through if you're playing at the YMCA and Barcadero, let alone playoff basketball. So those are the that, ones where th- you just can't have them. No, you can't. And I think those are the ones specifically, and I'm glad you brought it up, those are the ones specifically that I think the Grizzlies were trying to bait the Warriors into because they were they were running out at the three-point line to such an extent where they wanted the Warriors to drive. And they want and, and the Warriors game plan was drive and kick in this series pretty pretty clearly because of the way that the Grizzlies were going to defend them. But yes, some of the overpenetration and, and that was part of it. Get them too deep, get them to where you can contest shots, get them where the passing angles are able to be locked off by the athleticism and the length of the defense. That's where I think a lot of those were the Warriors trying to use the Grizzlies' game plan against them, but the Grizzlies getting the better of their game plan because of being able to force the Warriors into some of those positions on the floor. So I, I, I think that, I, that that's a great that was a great way of, of kind of looking at it and, and digging into it, Alan, because I think that's where it did play into what the Grizzlies were trying to do. And look, Steph Curry, like I, I, we're not going to have the, the, the decline conversation. Like, I, like I, that's not where I intended to go with it. No, no, I know. That's it. for a different show with me and you. We can definitely have it, just yeah. not today. Well, and it's just and, – and here's the thing. He's still plenty great enough to – help this team win a championship in the next month like so let's not and and we might be looking up a month from now and he's got the finals MVP that's been so elusive you know to this point in in, in his career that final little cherry on top of the uh, of the cupcake uh, but it, it just it it's not going to come as easily as consistently as it has in the past I guess that's the best way to put it and I think that goes for Steph that goes for Draymond that goes for Clay. You know, Jordan Poole, does he need to step up to a certain extent? Yes. But you know what? If it's a bridge too far to cross for, for Jordan Poole to to step in and be the next star this year, you know what? That's okay, too, yeah. because I think a lot of that is, you know, this is this is year three for, for Jordan Poole. And I think he's been anointed, as we talked about earlier, a star Uh, in the making probably a little bit too quickly like let's let him just be a really damn good player who's helped the Warriors in a number of different roles and he continues to to grow moving forward I think when the Warriors win we get too caught up in the narratives of this is what it means for this player now and this player now and this player now and Kaminga's going to be this and look Kaminga stunk in this series like he got opportunities he stunk he was completely overwhelmed Jonathan Kaminga's going to be a nice player moving forward, it doesn't matter. It's okay. He's 19 years old. They gave him a little taste. It didn't work out, and he'll be better for it down the line. It doesn't mean that his career is in shambles. It just means that he wasn't quite ready to perform at 19 in a series that, that, that had the smoke that this series did. No, I, I agree. I agree with all of that, J.D., and, and that's the thing. We can't. Is it possible to just – have a win and just celebrate the win. I don't know that it is. It doesn't seem to be. And of course, I said the L word, LeBron James. So the text line is on fire saying, how could you say LeBron's not declining? Look, LeBron is 37. Okay. You get my point. Steph is only 34. The point is 
what LeBron has done has made everybody look at ages differently. That's the bottom line. There is no there is no denying that. Michael Jordan, you know, going this far in his career when when he was 37 was not doing what LeBron James is currently doing. That's all I'm saying and that's the last thing I'm going to say on that. When you look at Steph Curry and what he has been to this team and to this franchise, he it is all it is all on him. Everybody's looking at Steph. I mean, the the turnovers didn't look great. There were times where he it, it, it just it's not the Steph of old, and that's okay. If you were to sit here and say, whenever you talk about, I got JD, I got fried on the text line a couple days ago because I said Giannis is better than Steph Curry. I mean, I mean, and I understand the, being a fanatic, and I understand all of that, but you cannot tell me that this Steph Curry is the same Steph Curry that went back to back MVPs. And you know what? That's okay because that's life. None of us are the same people that we were four or five years ago. That that's just what it is. There's, there's no denying any of that. But the Warriors can still win a championship this season. They just need to get contributions from other pieces, from Wiggins, from Jordan Poole, from Otto Porter when he returns. We know GP2 is out, but other guys just have to step up. Klay Thompson, continue to play the way he's been playing. You don't expect 30 a night, but to continue to do that as well. All these things can be true, and we can still all party at a parade in June. That's the bottom line. All right, let's get Tim in North Carolina before we before we break. Tim, you're next here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, guys? I, I know you're about to go to break, Jay, but you guys I, I obviously talk radio. You call to talk about one thing, but while you're on hold, you hear these other things. <laughs> I, so I got a couple of things to disagree with you, Jay. I don't agree disagree with you much, but I, I wouldn't say Kaminga stunk. I think he got little five-minute runs here and there, and he was just out there. He was. I think it was more for what the series called for he didn't necessarily fit what they needed. They needed to do kind of – I think it was kind of – he was just out there on the court, and I wouldn't say stunk. I mean, I just think he was just – he wasn't what the series needed, especially when it turned into a Steven Adams uh, series. I definitely think it was, he was out of his element at that point. Um, and, and then on the Steph thing, guys, I, I, what I think is, uh, if you go back, this season – Steph started this season absolutely on fire. On fire. I mean, he was killing it. I, I think what – Everything changed for Steph after the night he went for 15 threes against Portland and he said he was going for it. Go back at the season and look how his percentage, everything went different. I don't know where, if he got in his head. I don't know what happened. I, I, don't, I don't see necessarily a decline. What I see, Steph is missing open shots. Like, if you go back and look at the games, he's missing, like, open shots. And I think that's what's surprising people. But to me, that doesn't say decline. Steph has the type of game to play years in this league even if it goes to just being a spot-up shooter but if he's going to miss open shots that shows just something's going on there and then the careless passes that doesn't really show a decline to me that has kind of always been who he's been but and he's done it in finals I mean we've seen it even in the finals with the behind the back stuff with, with, with the Cavaliers back in the day so to me I, that don't really show you know decline but what I originally called for guys Alan I agree with you 100 hundred percent as far as this I mean I'm a fanatic in every sense of the word I'm calling you from across country Raleigh North Carolina how much I care about this team but I am completely happy with where this team is I mean I, I not having this team did not know what they had I mean Clay Thompson is going to be better next year. This team has a, a number two draft pick that they expected to be a part of this seven-foot freak that I know we forgot what this guy did on the court or because it's been over a year. But if this guy improves and can stay healthy, bringing him back next year is going to be like a great thing. 
Kaminga, Moody, and Poole having a year under their belt, guys, like, yeah, we see some guys getting old on the team, but I don't think we quite realize what we have coming. We need to bring GP back. GP is a, 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 a integral part yeah. of what this team can be. So, guys, I will tell you, I mean, look, I love this team, but, I mean, for what is coming in the future and what Clay is going to be next year, I am excited about the future. If we go out, we go out. We did not expect Wiseman not be a part of this. It's not like we just expected to go against all of these teams and not have a big man. We thought he would kind of ramp up the same way Clay did. We were expecting to have 15 to 20 minutes of a lob threat or a guy in the dunker spot, big man hitting the, the free throw jumper. Guys, we got to be happy about what we got going on. I will tell you, I was way more stressed as a fan when we were absolutely supposed to win this damn thing every game, when we had KD <laughs> and all of that. when you I, I mean, I was losing my mind when you are supposed to win it. Right now, listen, I'm crazy about it, and I got to take my deep breaths and get away. But, look, we, 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 are, the, we are hunting right now. I love being hunt. I love hunting. So, I, I mean, good. I, so, I just wanted to say that, guys. I mean, Tim, I, yep, I feel Appreciate it, Tim. Tim, we got to jump in, man. Gave you a lot of time. We're up against it a little bit. I already blew through the, the 1030 to make it a 1042. Uh, so we're going to pause here. Alan, we'll react to what Tim had to say. I, I jotted down a couple of things. We'll keep the conversation flowing. We'll get to a few more phone calls. we got Fridell coming up at 11. Warriors this week, we are flying here on a, on a Saturday morning on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.